Good morning, 1910 Church. You're in for a treat today. Today's speaker has an encouraging word just for you on living big for the kingdom of God. He's the man with the plan, the Denver Broncos fan, my favorite man, and your lead pastor. Let's stand to our feet and let's give a big old welcome to Jason Brown. Yeah! Well, it is good to be with you once again. How's your summer going so far? Hey, are, you, are, you, are you reading with us? Are you being a part of our summer book club that we've got going on? I, I hope that you've had a great summer so far. You've had a chance to get away and spend time with your family and friends. Many of you know that we are currently away enjoying our sabbatical. And thank you as a church for understanding the need for uh, rest and refreshment. So, but it is a joy to join you uh, this way. And so I believe that God's got a big word for us today. And, and I just want to encourage all of us right now to be locked in, to not miss what, what, what I believe as if the things we haven't been talking about are, are not big and important. But, but, but I hope that today that, that this topic that we're going to deal with just might set you free personally, and it might elevate your relationships to the next level. Now, remember, we're in a series this summer entitled Live Out Loud. You guys have been hearing some incredible, challenging messages that hopefully are encouraging you to, to, to take your faith and demonstrate it to people around you. How can we be a, a, a light on a hill? How can we love people the way that God loves, and I mean, we're talking, giving you so many tools, and I hope that somehow you're looking for opportunities and ways that you can put your faith on display in a world that is in desperate need. Today, I want us to talk about a word that, as I have already stated to you, just might really, really set someone free in this room today. And I definitely believe that as we demonstrate this word in the world around us, that it also could set other people free. Today, I want us to talk about the grace of God. Well, what, what comes to your mind when you hear that word grace? Uh, maybe you think of uh, uh, an eloquent dancer, like on Dancing with the Stars. Those people just blow me away, the way that they can move and flow and and, and just, it's absolutely incredible. Grace maybe is, is, is something you say before a meal or before you go to bed, you say grace. Maybe your name is grace, right? When you think of the word grace, maybe you think of, of, of an athlete that, that is just able to move freely. And, and just, what comes to your mind when you hear the word grace? And I want us to unpack that a little bit today because I think it's so important for us to, to understand this, this, this small word. In fact, Jesus never necessarily used the word grace, but he demonstrated it time and time again. This word is mentioned over 150 times throughout the New Testament. And so it's a big word for us, and it is even bigger for us to live out grace. So when you, when you look at scripture and, 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 and from a biblical perspective and you, you, you look up that word grace in the dictionary, you're, 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 you're going to find things that, that, that 
talk about the kindness of God and, and talk about how he loves and, 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 and how he, he doesn't give us what, what we deserve. Theologians, whenever, whenever they begin to, to mine a little bit deeper and unpack this word, they're, they're going to throw in words like, like mercy as well and, and, and loving kindness of God. And so that this word, as you're already beginning to see, is it's a big deal. It's a big deal for us to come to an understanding just how God feels towards us. If you've been with us any amount of time, you've heard me say this time and time again, that, that hey, listen, God's not mad at you. And I think the devil wants us to believe that. You, you, you've heard us say that God's not done with you. You hear us talk about things in, in, in churches and gatherings like this, that, hey, God's got a plan for your life and he's for you and, and all of those things. And those things are true. But the problem is the, 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 the messaging that we get from, from our world is different than that. And we've been told that we're bad or we're unlovable or we'll never measure up or there's no hope. There is no future for someone like you. So today, can we somehow get to an understanding of what grace is all about you need to know that God does love you. And you need to know that God is not just a God that talked a big game, but he actually demonstrated that for us. Now, when you look up and find this word grace in the, in the Hebrew, it's this word charis, charis. And that word charis simply means this. It's the unmerited, undeserved favor of God. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been the recipient of something that you didn't really deserve? Uh, or maybe you had done nothing to, to merit something. Maybe uh, it was uh, 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 somebody just blessed you with something financially, or maybe somebody blessed you with a trip, or, or, or maybe somebody just, but there was a gift given to you. Or, or, or maybe there was a promotion or, or there was something that happened that was good in your life. And, and it's, you scratch your head and you're looking at it and say, I, I don't know what I did to, to truly deserve that. I hope that there's been something like that. Hey, maybe it was a high five. Maybe it was a, an attaboy, a pat on the back or something. But, but, but something that, that's just, it was undeserved. It was unmerited. And someone just out of their the goodness of their heart or, or, or just out of the goodness of who they were, they affirmed you or they blessed you or, or, or they did something for you that looking back, you're like, I just really don't know what I did to deserve that. But when we think about this concept of the grace of God, let that kind of resonate with you. Because when we talk about the grace of God and this unmerited, undeserved favor or blessing or treatment, listen, you need to know that none of us have deserved that. We've done nothing to, to, to re, be the recipients of that grace that God so freely bestows. That's just who he is. You know, we talk a lot about things like God is love and God is good, but, but I want you to know that God is gracious. That's just who he is. That's his 
nature. He's the God of, of grace and he's the God of, 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 of mercy. He, 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 he gives us things that, good things that it's just hard for us to go back and trace and say, you know what, I don't know what I ever did to deserve that. And I want you to understand something today as we, as we look at, from, from a biblical perspective, this, this idea of grace. God's grace is for everyone. It's not for just a select few. It's not for those that, that, that have it figured out. It's, it's not for those who, who were born into the right family or on the right side of the tracks. It's, it's not for those who, who, who are educated or, or hold the, this number of letters after their name on some certificate hanging on a wall. You see, that's the thing about the incredible, amazing grace of God is that it is for everyone if you'll receive it. Yeah, that's right. You, you, you have to accept what, what we're looking at today, this gift from God, this, this grace that he wants to rain down on your life. Listen, it's available for every one of us listening here today. All you have to do is just receive it. You know, I just made reference to a song, Amazing Grace, and it's a song that probably every one of us in this room today or watching online can probably sing and hum right now. In fact, you're thinking the words right now. I know what you're doing. That's okay. It's okay to think about such lofty things like Amazing Grace, right? But just those words, it says, how sweet the sound. Isn't it good to know that when we were, as the song describes, wretched, meaning that when we had done so many things that deserved punishment and death, when, when there were so many painful, ugly repercussions for the things that we've done, aren't you thankful that God looked down and instead he doesn't give us the punishment we deserve, but he gives us the opportunity to receive grace. I, I remember when I was in, in, in youth ministry uh, as in, in the church that I grew up in. And by the way, if, if, if you've got middle school and high school students, man, they need to be involved in the Hill student ministry because we're sharing things with them that will forever impact their lives. And I'll never forget my youth pastor years ago explaining grace with, with kind of, a, 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 of an acronym. And it's something that many of you probably remember grace by as well. He, he articulated it this way as God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense. You see, when I talk about God is issuing grace to us and we have to accept that grace, that all boils down to what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. You see, the world was, has, has always, not always, but really since the garden has been spiraling out of control. It's been ugly. There's been brother against brother. In fact, the first murder we find in all of history was one brother against another using a rock, right? We know that there've been poor decisions made by humanity all throughout time. We know that something that was created to be so beautiful and, and this life that God desired and dreamed for every one of us to experience, we know that we humans have, 
have, have gotten involved in the story and we've so messed it up. We've distorted and, and abused something so beautiful. And God had every right to look at those who were the abusers and the distorters and the ones who screwed up what he created. God had every right to destroy us and to give us what we truly deserve. But yet you need to know something about the God we worship here at 1910. He's a gracious God. And even throughout the Old Testament, you see time and time again, a God in heaven who's giving people not only a second chance, but oftentimes a third, a fourth, and a fifth, and so on. You know what I'm saying? He's so gracious. In Exodus, it says he's slow to anger, right? But God was giving people a chance. And even throughout the New Testament, we see God giving us flawed, sinful people a chance to be the recipients of grace, but it's found through his son, Jesus Christ. You see, you need to understand something about every one of us listening here today. We all deserve the death penalty. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And three chapters later, in Romans chapter six, it says, for the wages of that sin is death. Right? That's what we deserved. But if you back up to Romans chapter five, it says, but God has demonstrated something towards us called love. And that while we were still sinners, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. Why would he do that to a world and a people that deserve punishment and to be written off and, and, and to suffer? Well, it's just because God is full of grace to people undeserving, to people who have done nothing to earn another chance. To, to, we've not done anything to earn forgiveness of all of our wrongs. God's gracious. And he sent his son, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of all of our wrongdoings. The Bible calls that sin. You see, we do deserve death, but God in his great love and graciousness towards humanity gives us an opportunity to be forgiven and to walk in freedom. But the reality is we've got to accept this gift of grace. Have you? Have you received this loved gift from heaven? Have you received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Make no mistake about it, every one of us must make a decision, either yes or no, in relation to that. But we needed a savior. I love this quote from John Newton. He says this, he says, we're, we're great sinners, but Christ is a great savior. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful that God is gracious? Aren't you thankful that he's slow to anger? Aren't you thankful that he abounds in love and grace and mercy? I love what the psalmist writes in Psalm chapter 130, verses three and four says, but you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. 
Verse three says, Lord, if you kept a record of our sins, who, O Lord, could ever survive? But verse four says, but you offer forgiveness that we might learn to fear you. You see, here's what I want you to understand today about God is that he's not up there somehow keeping a long ledger of sins in our lives and all the wrongs and what we deserve, but yet he's made an offer and gives us this gracious gift of his son, Jesus, that whoever would ask him in can be forgiven of sins. Isn't that good? To know that someone deserves this, but then grace comes and does the opposite. Wow. Now I want you to remember that because this same grace that God has given us, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you where we're headed today, is the same grace that we're to offer and extend to other people. Wow. Well, how do I receive this grace and what am I to do with it? In Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine, it says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a what? It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. And can I just read a little bonus Bible for you today? You don't have this, but just trust me. It says, we are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wow, God saved you by his grace when you believed. It's not that we were deserving of it. But yet God in his graciousness and his goodness and his loving kindness for us gives us an opportunity to be forgiven of all of our wrongs and live out the plan that he has for our lives. Wow. None of us are good enough. You know, in Jesus' time, there were people that the religious leaders of his day had labeled as not good enough. But yet Jesus oftentimes saw these people differently than the religious people of his day. And, and that's what got him in hot water oftentimes with them. But Jesus saw sinners differently. He saw tax collectors differently. He saw prostitutes and adulterers differently. He saw thieves differently. He saw people that had illnesses differently. He saw Gentiles differently. I mean, Jesus just saw people differently than religious leaders. And that's what I love about the grace that is offered to us is that it is for everyone. And it's not limited to a select few. In fact, I want you to know today, if you've not already picked it up yet, that despite what you feel that you've done that would hinder you or disqualify you from receiving the forgiveness of your wrongs, I want you to know 
grace. The grace of God reaches even you. Now, now let me just give us a warning about this thing called grace too, because some people can take it to extreme. God's a forgiving God and he's gonna love me despite what I do, so therefore I can just go out and live like the devil and just ask God. It doesn't go that way either. (laughs) You see, God wants us to, when we confess and admit our wrongs, he wants us to turn from that and leave that type of living. So the grace of God is not a blank check for us to live like the devil, (laughs) but we're to live like a people that have been blown away by loving kindness, undeserved favor, unmerited favor of God, and choose to live our lives for him. And so that's where I want us to shift gears a little bit today. And I want to challenge us today in relation to this grace of God that we've received. And I guess my question is, how are we demonstrating the grace of God towards those that have wronged us? How are we demonstrating the grace of God maybe towards those whose lifestyles we don't agree with? How are we demonstrating the grace of God that we all have received, undeserved and unmerited? How are we demonstrating the grace of God towards people that, if we're not careful, we can label as unworthy? Let me just remind you of something. None of us are too far out of the reach of a gracious God. And as the recipients of his grace, I just want to let you know what heaven's calling you and I to do, to extend the same grace to others. Look what it says in the book of Colossians chapter three, verse 13. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you So you must forgive others. Oh, is that a gut punch to anybody? I mean, don't you just wish that there might have been just certain parts of scripture that were omitted or left out or just verbalized a different way? God, you don't understand what this person's done to me, but yet you're calling me to be gracious and to forgive them? Yes, would be his answer. God, you just don't understand. This person continues to make poor decisions. And, and, and I've tried. I, I've, I've offered counsel. We sent them to a, a, a therapist. We've, we've done intervention. But yet they still, listen, God, th- th- listen, they made their bed. They need to lie in it. But yet you're calling me. Yes, I am. I'm calling you to to make allowance for each other's faults, I think the God of heaven would say. And and, and not that he wants to to gut punch us today and say, just remember what you were. But I do think it's good for us to remember what we were. And to remember that God looked past our junk and funk. And he didn't give you and I what we deserve. Therefore, what makes us feel as if we treat other people or treat people any differently than that. 
You've heard me say this time and time again, that it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's God's job to judge. It's our job to love. And I just have to be honest with you. It's hard sometimes to issue grace to people when they've hurt me or done me wrong. It's hard to issue grace when they've blasted me through social media or they've written letters about. It's hard for me to issue grace when someone mistreats my family. It's hard to issue grace when I've poured into somebody, but yet they still make poor decisions. You know what I'm saying? But yet when I get back to God's word and when I remember what God's instruction is for me and when I know that my response to the word of God is to be obedient to the things it calls me to, I have to, as it says here, make allowance for faults and forgive anyone who offends me. Why? Because that's exactly what God has done for me through Christ Jesus. This isn't easy stuff, is it? It's hard. But it's exactly God's call on our lives to extend grace one to another. You know, I hope that before you leave today, if you've not seen this, right across the hallway where we are gonna greet our first-time guests. And by the way, if you're here today, I'm glad you're here if this is your first time. And, and, and I wanna see you when, when we return back home here in, in a few weeks. I would love to shake your hand and meet you. But, but hanging up in this area we call the garage is something called the Pledge of Connection. It is a series of five statements that are challenges. A challenge means it's not easy, it's hard. And one of those statements you're going to find on this pledge of connection, it's kind of a, an agreement, uh, a creed that we make one to another for those that would become a part of this church, this house. One of those challenges says, I accept the challenge to give you grace. Guys, the reality is this. Every one of us in this room are going to make mistakes. We're all going to, to stumble and fall. There may be even some times in which we may treat each other in this room in a way that is hurtful and not right. I'm going to let you down. That person you're sitting next to today, they're going to let you down. You may even have ridden together to church together today, right? How will we respond? Will we give grace one to another. Because the pastor said so? No. Because it's tattooed on the wall? No. Because that's what exactly God's word reveals to us, is how God has responded to you and I. That he forgives us and offers grace. And so here's my challenge for you today. I've kind of been giving you a challenge each week and, and, and I want to give you one today. And, and, and listen, this, I've been lobbing up kind of some softballs, but this one, this is hard. I'm coming at you with a heater today. A challenge for you this week is who do you need to extend grace to? Someone come to your mind right now? Who do you need to extend grace to? And the follow-up to that is, what are you gonna do about it? What will you do about it? Jason, you don't know what they've said or done. I don't, but you do. And you're hearing what God has called us to do.
but I'm afraid that it's not going to don't start thinking like that. The only person you can change is you. And some of you today, let's just be real and honest. There's grace that you need to extend to someone, but you haven't. And you know what's happening? You're in bondage right now over it. It's painful because you've not forgiven. Listen, forgiving doesn't necessarily mean that when I forgive someone that they are able to enter back into the same type of relationship and situation that we were prior to that. Some of these things may be too hard and impossible, but yet I'm telling you, some of you are in bondage today because we've not extended forgiveness to someone who's hurt us. I want you to know that this is a very real and personal message for your pastor today because it's hard for me to forgive and people have lobbed insults and critiques and said falsehoods when there's been destruction wrought on the very house of God. It's hard for me, but yet Jesus said it never would be easy to follow him and to respond as he wants us to. And so today I want to encourage you to set someone free, to release them and demonstrate grace because that's exactly what God has given you and I. Unmerited, undeserved favor, forgiveness. So Lord, that's my prayer today. Is that God, we would understand your heart for us and for those of us that have received your forgiveness God, I pray that we would not be hoarders of that, but yet we would disperse that to people in our world that need it as well. Lord, maybe the people that we've wronged or people that have wronged us, may we distribute grace. Lord, for the person whose life seems spiraling out of control or for the person who doesn't measure up to whatever standards we think they should be, God, may we forget all of that and just know that you've called us to love people And may we extend the same grace that we've received. Lord, I'm thankful for the amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. God, may we see people the way you see people. It's in your holy name we pray.